It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. You had better. Well, get them up. Get them going. It's a Wednesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Dragging you up over the hump on what should be a beautiful Wednesday in the ATX, Central Texas and beyond. Temperature's right around 50 degrees right now. Crisp and clear. We'll top out in the low 80s. A spectacular day. Get you up over the midweek hump and looking forward now to another big weekend. Sports weekend starts tomorrow night with Thursday night football. We'll preview a couple injured quarterbacks to watch for in that ball game in the National Football League. Uh, college football as well this weekend. Baseball, quite a scene last night in Philadelphia. Should be a great scene tonight in Arlington. Rangers-Astros, game three of the uh, ALCS. Rangers are on a heater, to say the least. We'll preview, and they'll get the return of Mad Max tonight. We'll preview Astros-Rangers. A lot to do. Five hours. Our sports conversation begins right now. It's five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up. And we appreciate you finding us however you do. Could be on 101.9 FM, maybe AM 1260 over on the old school dial. Also on the New School digital app. Just download that horn app to your smartphone. Listen wherever you are, wherever you go, with the touch of a button. Five hours a day, five days a week. Also find us on our website at hornfm.com. You can listen there or watch on the Twitch channel if you choose. And speaking of watching, you can always subscribe and watch us on our YouTube channel at The Horn Austin this Wednesday and every day here on Hook'em Up. Appreciate you being there. Look who it is across the glass. Or across the glass. Across the desk. He is our shutdown corner, five hours a day, five days a week from uh, the 713. DB High down in the 713. DBU right here in the 512. Four stops in NFL zip codes, and he is uh, firmly placed right here right now. The proud papa, the football theorist, Blackstradamus himself. Four miles in the books this morning, I'm assuming. What's going on, Rod Babers? I appreciate the intro, brother. Yeah, man, hump day. I'm glad it's hump day, too. Hump day is always uh, good because, especially during football season, sort of leading uh, to the weekend, get you over the hill, downhill, headed yeah, put to the, football weekend, baby. Put the previous weekend to, back mm-hmm. to rest. Are looking forward to uh, the new weekend, which includes the Longhorns back on the field, and uh, it's a lot to do as we get it, get it cranking up this morning. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Of course, as we do every morning before we get the uh, the, the festivities started, want to give a shout-out to those who serve. Uh, our society built on the selflessness of service, so we appreciate all those who serve in any capacity uh, you decide to do it. It's an honor and a burden, so we appreciate you, the soldiers, the first responders, the teachers, the nurses, uh, the officers of the law, um, everybody out there, waste management. We appreciate all you guys. We know uh, we can't name all of you, but we appreciate you in any capacity. Uh, appreciate all you do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So a uh, lot to do. Thank you very, very much for what you do, how you serve, however you do that. Uh, it is, as we say, you know, we appreciate the military and our our uh, first responders, but certainly those who choose to serve. Oh, but man. there are lots of ways you can serve your community. Amen, uh, he serves also. Look at him. Ty Henderson is through the glass. How did we do on our picks last night, Ty? Did you, uh, did you hit the Sex Panther pick of the night or what? T-Y. No, that one did not, Matt. Oh. Oh. Everything else did for me, though. You had Liberty? 
Yes. Because there's 50 nights in a row of football. It started like two weeks ago, but every night there's football games on. There were a couple of free college games last night, if you were choosing. <laughs> I was uh, taking in that Phillies uh, Diamondbacks demolition. Uh, it's hard to watch. Oh man, it's just hey. well. If you, you like the long, long ball, <laughs> if you like the long Chicks, ball, chick dig the long ball, and well, if you like the long ball, it was fun to watch. Yeah, they they Trey Turner after the game, Trey Turner hit one of the three home runs for them, and says, "Yeah, well, somebody asked him, what's your strategy?" They've hit 19 home runs in eight playoff games, Rod. It's amazing. He said, uh, "We're up there to walk, or we're up there to hit, not walk. We go up there swinging. Mm-hmm. We go up there swing, swinging, swing away, baby. Kind of quietly in all the home runs. The Phillies are pitching very well too. I mean, they've dominated on the mound as well. They and the Rangers are on an absolute collision course mm-hmm. right now. We'll see if the Astros can do something to stem the tide in the American League Series. Diamondbacks look overmatched right now in the National League. So uh, we'll certainly talk some baseball, football as well. Let's get you to the headlines, trending topics, Rod. We also have hoops to talk about basketball hey. on the brain. In addition, let's get it." Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bringing you the top stories, and it starts with Texas football. We'll get to the hoops in a moment. Eighth-ranked Longhorns, though, continuing their game week prep ahead of their trip to Houston this Saturday to face the 3-3 three and three Cougars Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock. Several midseason honors announced yesterday around college football. Five Longhorns, linebacker, linebacker Jalen Ford, defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat, offensive tackles Christian Jones and Calvin Banks, as well as tight end Jatavion Sanders, all named the Lombardi Award watch list by the Rotary Club of Houston on Tuesday. Uh, they're all in the running there. That's second most in the country, by the way, for that award list. Uh, Texas Longhorns offensive line also named the Joe Moore Award midseason honor roll. Texas uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian, meanwhile, one of 26 head coaches named the 2023 Paul Bear Bryant Award, award watch list. First-year Texas State head coach G.J. Kinney also made that list. Tech Hoops packed house last night over at Gregory Gym where the Texas men's basketball team hosted their annual orange-white scrimmage, signaling the official start of the new season. Returning forward, Dylan Mitchell led the Orange to a 34-23 win. Sophomore led all scorers with 10 points, also grabbed six rebounds, blocked three shots. Incoming guard Max Acemas added seven points for the Orange. Returning point guard Tyrese Hunter had five points and three assists. Rodney Terry's Horns picked to finish third in the Big 12 preseason coaches poll. They'll open the season ranked 18th. In the preseason AP Top 25, Longhorns host St. Edwards in an exhibition game at the Moody Center on October the 30th. That's the next time they're on the floor. They'll open up their regular season hosting Incarnate Word Monday night, November 6th. High expectations for the Texas women's basketball squad as well. Head coach Vic Schaefer's team returns 88% of their scoring, 94% of their rebounding from last season's team. And that includes point guard Rory Harmon, who yesterday was selected as the Big 12 preseason player of the year at Big 12 Media Days. Congratulations to her. She's a returning starter there. Uh, They will also add Madison Booker, who was selected as the Big 12's preseason freshman of the year. They'll open their season ranked 13th in the preseason AP Top 25. Baseball, another electric atmosphere in Philadelphia. Last night, Red Hot Phillies did not disappoint. Kyle Schwarber blasted a a pair of home runs. Trey Turner added another. Phillies bomb Arizona 10-0 in Game 2 of the National League Championship Series. Game 3 of the American League Series is tonight. Rangers will send Mad Max, Max Scherzer, to the mound. Hasn't started a game since uh, early September. He's had that shoulder issue, but uh, good to go for tonight's Game 3. Astros counter with Christian Javier. That game starts at 7-0-3. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, man, the Phillies are just bombing. <laughs> bombing yeah, away. They have uh, the Phillies 15 home runs in their last four games, the most in any four-game span for any team in playoff history. Just bombing away. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Plus 31 on their run differential at home this year. <laughs> Plus 31. They out-homered their opponents by 37 home runs in the postseason at yeah. Citizens Park. That's crazy. The Citizens Bank, Bank Park. That's crazy. Uh, and actually, my brother and my niece were there last night. He sent us a picture. What? From, yeah, they, they nice. somehow found some tickets. I, I've told my brother, his yeah. family lives in Wilmington, Delaware, which is about 30 minutes south of Philly, just across the Delaware border. And, uh, yeah, they, they made it up to that ball game last night to take in. And that, I mean, that, that atmosphere is electric, and it, you know the players feed off the electricity, the, the fans feed off the players. It's a really cool home environment for the Phils, and they're going to be hard to beat. We kind of thought going into the playoffs, as we previewed the, the, the entire big picture, that – once it was Phillies Braves, the winner of that series was likely going to go to the World Series. Diamondbacks seem kind of overmatched at this point. They're a young team, kind of ahead of the curve here. Yeah, but the Phillies, of course, were in the World Series a year ago, and they seem like they're like a team on the mission, trying to to finish the deal this time. Oh yeah, with Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, all the all the the star players. Nick Castellanos having a great postseason. But I mentioned their pitching because um, the hitting is overlooking it. Rob, they, they, their their strikeout to walk ratio in this postseason. Uh, is in, in this series is actually I think it's in the postseason. It's like fifty-four to four, well, fifty-four strikeouts and only four walks. I mean, they're yeah. they're they have power pitching. They're just playing at a really really high level right now. Power pitching, power hitting, and it's what the, <laughs> and it's what the Astros are trying to deal with with these Rangers because the Rangers are doing the same thing. They're just playing near perfect baseball, taking early leads, not trailing. I mean, that's always important in the postseason. If you can play with a lead, give your pitcher some confidence to go to the mound and throw strikes. You also you know, put the pressure in the other dugout to try to battle back because uh, oh, yeah. every every at bat matters so much. And um, you know, Phillies and Rangers are playing from the front, man. They're playing from the lead. To that point, teams to score first, nineteen and seven. Yep. So far in the postseason. Well, it just throws the pressure in the other dugout. And mm-hmm. um the Rangers have done it to the Astros, you know, the early home run or the early run scored in game one on the hustling double in the second inning for uh for uh, Evan Carter and came home on the run, so now you're up one nothing. Then they get the the home run, so it's two nothing. And the Astros seem like they're gripping the bats a little tight right now, trying to to figure out this Ranger team. But the Orioles couldn't figure it out. The Rays couldn't figure it out. We'll see if the Astros can bounce back tonight. Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, feels confident that they can. Remember, they were six and one in the regular season at Globe Life Park. They won six of the seven matchups there, including all three in a, in a series back in September where they dominated. But this does feel like a different Ranger team right now, healthy mm. and confident. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I saw that and uh, at the Philly game that, and I know Ty probably watches this show. I don't know if you do. Uh, you watch? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I know Ty does. I have not. I uh, not. So the cast and the crew kind of showed up at the game, giving some mo- some pop culture mojo. Really? To, to to the Phillies. Yeah, got some pop culture mojo going. Are we going? Is Creed going to show up at this? And just game three of the Rangers. Yeah, and Kelsey the brothers deal? were there too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We well, see, but you need some pop culture mojo. That's still sports related. Sports. I want something that's totally kind of randomly like, pop culture. That's you know uh, embraced by the fandom. And they got Tessie on the field, and now the fans went crazy. Creed right now is the unofficial ma- mascot of this season of Creed, the postseason. Creed the rock band or the alleged <laughs> right, rock for, band for the Rangers. They gotta come on, man. We gotta get an appearance, a cameo, or at least a video shot. That they can play at the game a video that's a, a tribute or a shout out to the Rangers. If they don't do anything, they need to hire a new marketing team. I'm with you. For I agree. Both, or the Rangers, both or the Rangers both. and the crew. Yeah, they, if they haven't had at least had a conversation about, like you said, a video on the big board or something. Yes, because it will get the people going. It will get me going at home if they show it oh. on TV. Dude, I, honestly, I, I'm in admiration. I, I didn't know it would actually become this big of a thing. I remember when Ty brought it up, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Now it's 
It's like, well, a, it's like we, a big deal. Yeah, we played the uh, sound yesterday. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins Vikings yeah. quarterback. They're now, they're, now, they're now channeling that into the Vikings <laughs> locker room, then borrowing it from the Rangers. They're seeing how it's working there. Yeah. Yeah, Creed. Come we, on, man. We thought they were a thing of the past, but they're coming back. They're coming back like the Pet Cemetery, man. <laughs> they right. thought they were buried. Now they're coming back. Massively popular band 20 years ago, and now they're reborn. Because of the Rangers. And the Rangers, the Rangers. Run. As the Rangers go to the World Series, man, it's going to be even bigger. So maybe they're saving. They could be just saving and saying, nah, man, this is going to be a special run. And maybe assuming, since they're up 2-0 in the Astros, uh, that they're going to beat the Astros. Hope. Hold up, I haven't given it today. Ghost Rose. Ghost Rose. Yeah, um, well, not, not very inspired there. Hey, I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah. Right, well, you know how I feel right now. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I, I would be feeling I'm, good. I'm more though. awake right now than I usually am at 6 12 in the morning. Amen, <laughs> brother. I, I feel, I, like, yeah. as an Astros fan, I feel, you I mean, not great, but I don't feel terrible. I, I've seen the Astros bounce back from things like this before, and this comes with experience. They've been mm. in the playoffs and in the ALCS six straight years. This is seven now, so. They're not going to panic. Obviously, you, you got to find a win, and the Astros, you know, op- opportunity is tonight. You know, Christian Javier has been a big game pitcher for them, and Mad Max. I mean, you just don't know what you're getting from Max Scherzer tonight, whether they have Creed playing or not. You know, he's either you know you, he's either going to be rusty. He's going to be rusty. He hasn't made a start. Yeah. He, had a, he had a 69 pitch uh, simulated game, uh, according to Bruce Bochy. You're not sure why they stopped at 69 pitches. Nice, but they uh, they did, <laughs> and. Uh, no, think things went well, but again, that's different than the adrenaline rush of, of this. And you know, you know, if you're a Ranger fan, you're you're hoping he can channel that into a great start and bring that Mad Max intensity. If you're an Astros fan, you're hoping he's just a little off, right? A little up in the zone. That's what you need um, to start, like you said, to start too. Yeah, because the start right. shaky. Because the Astros would like to get start. back in divisions of that series in September, right after Labor Day, where they scored 39 runs in three games and just bashed the Rangers, um, and really took control of. It felt like at the time took control of the whole. You know, division race and all that. We know it was a roller coaster from there on out, but they really send a message, and they'd like to pick that right back yeah. up. And uh, that, to me, that's what the Astros need. And Dusty Baker said it yesterday. You know, they've been one big swing from you know winning games one and two. One like they were out of these games. It was two nothing. It was five four. Astros had the bases loaded in the fifth inning with nobody out, and it just takes one big swing to to pop the cork and get them rolling too. So um, it's not the. It doesn't feel like it's been the dominant situation no. the Phillies have been in. It's not dominant, but it is like I said, like you talked about in critical oh efficient. clutch moments. Yeah. The Rangers have shown up, and the Astros haven't made those plays. That's right. That's it. Uh, but to me, that's, again, I'm a fan of the Astros. That can flip pretty quickly, too. And uh, they've got lumber in their lineup. The Astros, I think, are going to move Kyle Tucker down in the lineup. He's admitted he's just struggling right now. He said he feels fine. He's just, you know, the swing just doesn't feel right. And so in game two, Dusty Baker moved him into the three spot to use Jordan Alvarez to protect him. Didn't help. So now there's maybe talk that Kyle Tucker will be down in the order. Maybe move a Michael Brantley up a little more. We'll see what, what Dusty Baker writes on the lineup card. But they got to do something to get a jump started. They also need Jose Altuve to get going. He was 0 for 5 at the top of the order the other night, other day. Uh, he's batting 160 in the mm. ALCS. They need to get him going. That's brutal. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, obviously, along with Kyle Schwarber over in Philadelphia, are just historically, you know, hot. Uh, but you know you need more than one guy in that Astros lineup to bring it. So we'll look forward to that tonight. Seven oh three, that'll be your uh, your big one. And obviously, we'll the Astros win tonight. All of a sudden, you got you kind of right back in it. If the Rangers win. Obviously, you have the Astros on the brink of elimination. So huge matchup this evening. We'll take your thoughts. We'll get into uh, Longhorn football coming up. Bottom of the hour, the behind the burn orange curtain. All the 
you know, midseason honors coming in for the Longhorns. We'll also look at the Big 12. You know, Rod, um, without the Longhorns playing, it was a good time to sit back and watch the Big 12. Oh, yeah, man. It's a, I got a question for you about the Big 12. Give it to me. We were actually talking about this um, on the uh, Longhorn Blitz podcast. Shout out to my man Jeff Howe and Matt Butler. Because obviously Texas and Oklahoma, are they're far and away the two best teams in the Big 12. The Big 12 is having a down year. We talked about this. But when you did, when you got a chance to watch the Big 12 since Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma were off, so Oklahoma probably could have done this as well, there's so many different teams that could be considered to be the third best team in the Big 12. Well, who's, the, who's the third best team in the Big 12 behind well, Texas and Kansas. Oklahoma? Uh, well, I don't. I, I don't know because they quarter- just beat them. Yeah, and then they can't. They can't get the quarterback thing right because Jalen Daniels doesn't play, and he's got the back injury. Well, and that's the uh, right? get over the hump Wednesday. That's that's what's the quarterback really issues. That's really that's what's causing the NFL to be having such down score. Well, and it might be in the positive for the Big Twelve. So the Big Twelve was bad in September, right? We, we you know in the non-conference they didn't you know do oh, very yeah. well. Baylor got. But think beat, about this: yeah. on Saturday alone, just this past weekend, while Texas and Oklahoma were watching. In Lubbock, the freshman quarterback Avery Johnson took over for K-State starter Will Howard in the first half of that game. Oh, by the way, he was awesome. He was awesome. He had five touchdowns. Yeah, he went on to he, – t- you know, he, took, he, he took over in the first half. Oh, he was awesome. Uh, he completed seven of eight passes for 77 yards, but as Rod said, they, he ran for 91 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, he's going he gonna to be a problem. And Chris I, Klein, this is, this is a four-star kid who was the consensus best player in the state of Kansas. He committed to K-State over Oregon and Washington who were after him. He's a dynamic player, Rod, and he's he a is. young player. But you he know, played in seven drives. They scored thirty-five points in those seven yeah, drives. That's in basically five points per drive. <laughs> and after the game, Chris Kleiman was asked why you took out Will Howard, and he said because Avery Johnson brought gave us not the juice. Brought us well. He said he gave us the quarterback run game. Yeah, man, he gave us the legs. That's the juice, man. And Texas Tech wasn't prepared for it, mm-hmm. and it worked. I mean, he had scored five touchdowns. I hey, mean, don't don't forget he was on that Bruce Feldman's freak list. He was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah dude, he's one of them. He's one of them. He's, <laughs> well, and he again, hey, he won, he wanted them, y'all. Well, he's one of those. He wanted them. He's one of them that could have gone and played in a lot of places. I mean, you know, yeah. bigger schools and he stayed in the he, state. Here's the. Uh, he was sorry. He, he was a member of the two four seven sports freak list. So not the Bruce Feldman. The, the two four seven. They made their freak list too. Um, he said basically he was one of the most athletic players in the country in his class. Posted a four five forty yard dash, uh, four two four in the twenty yard shuttle. Jumped nearly thirty seven inches in the vertical. I mean, he's the real deal. The real deal. And uh, we know yeah. Will Howard had a good second half to his year, but keep an eye on that yep. situation. Now there's, if you look at the depth chart at K-State, as they go into their game this weekend, they're going to play a big one with TCU. They uh, they have them listed as, you know, or Will Howard or Avery Johnson in that spot. Avery Johnson. Uh, but, but speaking of TCU and Fort Worth on Saturday, <laughs> if you were paying attention, uh, Chandler Morris got hurt, their quarterback, and a freshman, redshirt freshman named Josh Hoover uh, came in the game mm. and threw for 439 yards and four touchdowns. Come on now. Is this the second straight year where Sonny Dykes has like, chosen the wrong guy? Because uh, <laughs> last year it was Max Duggan who came in, and he threw five, he threw touchdowns to four different receivers. Frogs crushed BYU 44-11. Hey. Hey, and now it, there's a kid, Josh Hoover, to watch. It don't matter how you find your quarterback. No. Just find the damn quarterback. <laughs> even, if, even if you stumble into him, if you fall into it like Forrest Gump style, just find it. And then, and you ask who the third best team is. Iowa State's four and three. I know three and one in the conference, and they got a kid, Rocco Becht, 
who's their redshirt freshman name. quarterback, Rocco Becht. Good name for football. He's come alive. Rocco Becht. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then there's Oklahoma State, and they play a big game this weekend at West Virginia all Finally of a chose a quarterback. He was playing – Mike Gunn was playing three different yeah. quarterbacks for the first two, three games of the season. And they got this kid, Alan Bowman, who is the – remember, we remember Tech. Alan Bowman started his career at Tech. Yeah. Transferred to Michigan, didn't get a chance to play there, so now he's in Stillwater. But the story for Oklahoma State this past weekend, and I watched most of this game when they beat Kansas, um, 39-32 – Ollie Gordon, a running back, sophomore running back from Euless Trinity. How was he bothering that? Uh, he had 200, almost 300 yards Ooh. from scrimmage. He ran for 170 yards. He caught passes for 116, scored two touchdowns. So it's almost like you know we you came into the season feeling like Texas and OU were clearly better than everybody, and they've kind of shown that in the first six games and half of the season. But you know, mm. these are good coaches in the Big 12, and you know they're not going to keep running out bad quarterbacks, and they'll, they'll try to figure it out. Uh, September didn't go great, but now it's it's Bears watching Avery Johnson. Because remember, K State's on the Longhorn schedule in a couple yeah. weeks. He's he's going to be a problem. Quarterback run game, quarterback run game <laughs> has been an issue. Yeah, for that's Texas. right. <laughs> uh, TCU is on the schedule at Fort Worth in November for Texas. That's keep an eye on Josh Hoover, Chandler and, Morris. And, and now think about the prep and the game planning, though, guys. You you probably in the off season did a lot of pre pre prep. All right, for these games. So you probably had your evaluations done on all those quarterbacks and how those quarterbacks work in those systems. And now may, midstream here, right? yeah. middle of the season, you got to go, oh, damn it. Now we got to start watching film on Josh Hoover and find everything we can on Avery John Avery Johnson. Yeah, not we gotta, the point guard, the uh, quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You got to go get film on Rocco Bett and break him down. Well, that's why you have it, all these analysts. That's what they're supposed that's to do. That's exactly right, but it does. It changes It changes the game on you, and this is why you have to adjust on the fly. But it goes back to the initial question, E. Who's the third? Ty, you too. Who's the third best team in the Big 12 behind Texas and Oklahoma? I don't think that we know yet. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I don't know if we know. We don't have enough information because just what you brought up, E, the quarterbacks keep changing, and we don't know which one of these quarterbacks is going to become consistent and ascend. This is why the Pac-12 is so good because they got the great quarterbacks. Yeah. It really and comes down to if you can get consistent quarterback play. Well, in Texas and Oklahoma, they and have Dylan it. Gabriel and Quinn Ewers. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know what you're about there, uh, and they just have to keep getting better. I think would be the argument. And I did see where the you know ESPN. Football percentage index, which is just the algorithm, right? It's just the numbers crunching. Oh, the they have Oklahoma, FPI? Right? The FPI, yeah. They have the uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Speaking of 69, they have the Oklahoma Sooners as the <sighs> the highest nice. percentage team to make the, the playoff right now because of the, the road that they have. They've yeah. already beaten Texas. And obviously they'd have to likely or may have to meet Texas again at the Big 12 tourna- uh, championship they game. They definitely would. But they have, they're at 69%. Uh, to the playoff ahead of anybody else uh, in college football because of the path that they have left. But that becomes our question here in the five. The Why six has sixty nine come up like three times I don't already know. on the show? <laughs> well, because the that was pitch simulated game. Similar sixty nine. Yeah, and you got a sixty nine percent descent come up you know, early on. Just the saying, show. Just that's saying. a good way to start hump day. It is a good way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that was my sure. number when I was little. No, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> All through Pop Warner. Three to third thousand charm. <laughs> Why? My dad was number sixty nine at Westlake. Okay. Oh, he handed it down to me. Heritage. Oh, Heritage. really? Really? That's oh, yeah. awesome. Even before it became Legacy. like a thing. Well, he. I think it was still a thing. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, there I we go. It was a thing, but like a. <laughs> hey, man. Get, I know. Whatever I... it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. Hey, so guys, yeah, at Oklahoma, right there. But you know, Texas oh, was in Texas is down there at twenty six. But you know, I think I think. We, we still have six games to go. If the Texas Longhorns can handle their business, get back into that game, I think Texas would be favored in that game again. 
if they met on the neutral mm. you know, on the neutral field margin. I you know that would be my guess if if I were looking at Vegas, I think Texas would be favored, uh, even though Oklahoma beat them thirty you know thirty four thirty at the last at the gun two weeks ago. So yeah, the Big Twelve kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think your question is it, it leads to the to the answer that there isn't an answer. There is a, who is the third best because these teams continue to change and evolve and. We know what Texas and Oklahoma are. They just have to stay the course. Iowa State, Oak State, K-State. And that's why it'll be interesting, in addition to Texas at Houston on Saturday, watch these other games. Oklahoma State's at West Virginia. TCU is at Kansas State. Uh, Texas Tech is at BYU. By the way, the uh, the four new schools in the Big 12, they're not having a good run here. It's not a good inaugural year. This goes mm. to the Houston Cougars conversation. Uh, Houston is off to a 1-2 and two start in the Big 12 and 3-3. Three and three. BYU is 1-2 and two in the Big 12 and off to 4-2, but not very well in conference. UCF is 0-3 in the conference. Cincinnati is 0-3 in the conference. Ooh, so not the new good. schools are combined 2-10. and 10. Look for good. UCF to keep it close against OU this weekend. Okay, It's a 19-point spread, but I think it'll be a 10-point game. Yeah. Well, they're 2-10 and 10 so far, these new schools. BYU, Houston, CF. And uh, Cincinnati. Good. They're all basketball schools. So they're finding, they're trying to find <laughs> their footing. Point. Meanwhile, Iowa State, Oklahoma well, State, K-State, those teams are up there. West Virginia. How about West Virginia? They lost that game with a Hail Mary. Or they'd be 3-0 and up there with Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, Hail Mary. Sorry. Hail, Hail Mary. Yeah. Okay, it says maybe some teams can beat OU. Yeah, we'll have a look. Obviously, we'll you know start looking forward, not just want, to the weekend. I don't want but that. That's not good for Texas. I think what's best for Texas is they have a clear path, too. If they yeah, just you can, want Oklahoma. It's hard to root Oklahoma for OU. You want Oklahoma undefeated, so when they get there, they're a top-four team already. Like you just said, FPI has them with the best chance to make the college football playoff, and then the win over Oklahoma catapults you into the playoffs. So they lose, and then they're ranked, I don't know, in the, in the teens or the 20s. You don't want that. Uh, their their trek includes UCF this week, Oklahoma. Then they have to go to Kansas and then Oklahoma State. That'll kind of determine can they stay undefeated. Road trips to Lawrence, road trip to Oak State, and the final Bedlam game. They'll host West Virginia. They'll go to BYU, and then they host TCU to end the regular season. Those are their six games remaining, uh, sitting at 6-0 and and undefeated, number five in the country. Or number six, they slid down a, week, a spot that it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This week with Washington uh, moving up. Oh, yeah. All right, we're just getting warmed up. We're getting you up over the hump and uh, talking baseball, talking football. Uh, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain coming up also before the end of our first hour, as always, our What the Facts segment. We're just getting warmed up on Hook 'em Up. Five hours a day, five days a week. See you in Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Our man CB on the text line. You can always hit us on that uh, horn text line, 512-447-3776. says, right now, by record, Iowa State is the second-place team in the Big 12 at 3-1. and Yes, by record, Iowa State would be yeah. the best. But are they the best becomes the question. I don't... You know, it's an interesting, that's an interesting thought uh, experiment to figure out who's the third-best team in the Big 12 right now. And I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer. 
that's kind of what we came up with. I would the still lean K State uh, just because of they're the defending champs, and uh, they they took a weird loss at Stillwater on a Friday night. Longhorn fans know that weird things can happen in Stillwater. Yes, they can, um, including last year's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the remaining schedule for Texas, by the way, we know it's Houston this week on the road as a three touchdown favorite. Then home games. Back. Longhorn haven't played a Longhorn haven't played a home game since. Yeah, the last day of September, it's been a bit. They went to Dallas, uh, took a week off. Now they're going to Houston. But then back-to-back home games here uh, to end, no, end October and into November, BYU and K-State. And BYU's, as we said, off to a, a rough start in the Big 12. They're 1-2. They got pasted. I was really surprised how easily TCU beat the heck out of BYU on Saturday in Fort Worth. That game was never close. It was 14 mm-hmm. nothing in the first five minutes of the game. Yep. Uh, and this young quarterback, Josh Hoover, uh, burst on the scene. He's from uh, he's from the Metroplex area. He's from Rockwall, a rod over east of Dallas. Um, you know, redshirt freshman quarterback. So keep an eye on him for Sonny Dykes. Also, um, you know, then K State. That, yep. that time has not been announced on that game. Obviously, what happens this week and next can be to determine that. Then a trip to TCU. Then the trip to Iowa State. Back to back road trips that are kind of scary to you with uh, Fort Worth and the I mean, the dominance the Horn Frog program has had over Texas in the last decade. Iowa State's always been a trouble spot for the Longhorns, or at least of recent uh, uh, recent years. And then Texas Tech to wrap up the regular season for the Longhorns. So, uh, but first things first, it's Houston on Saturday. Nothing Ron. but trap games. The whole damn schedule left is just trap games. <laughs> they define, for you, how do you define a trap game? Just uh, uh, well, just game you're going to be really favored in, heavily yeah, favored in. Game and then expected can, to win. Expects to win. That could easily derail the season. That you may a team that has a a that basically has an, in, a, an incentive and inspiration to 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 ruin your season. That would making the making uh, basically making their season. They can make their season by ruining your season. Yeah, that's right. That's even though their season is not going the way they thought. Texas Tech, basically everybody else in the Big Twelve, <laughs> and they can make their season by ruining yours. And the U of H has basically already said that. Remember, Dave Aranda said it uh, that his fans told him that. Dana Hogerson has said his fans told him that. Hey, you win that one. We'll let the rest up. We'll let the rest slide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just beat Texas. Ruin, ruin their season, and that'll make your season. That's the kind of that. That's the trappy feel. Yeah, all right. Agreed. And the rest of the Big Twelve schedule feels like a trap game. Yeah, for Texas. For um, Texas, anyway. Uh, and before, Oklahoma. Before you take us behind the burn orange curtain, I know you've been doing the deep dive on Houston and getting ready for this game. Let me mention the uh, the the uh, Gregory Jim situation last night, Rod, with the orange-white scrimmage for Texas basketball, Rodney Terry and company. That's good. The thing that really jumps out, and then you, I read a great story by Joe Cook over at Inside Texas because he was there, Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell, of course, last year was kind of the fifth option. He started every game, but he was on a team loaded with veterans and scorers, and he was just you know, he got points on dunks and fast mm-hmm. breaks and uh, putbacks and things like that. But Dylan Mitchell, though, I think is going to become a focal point for Texas this year. In their offense, uh, he went. He put his name into the end. Remember, he was a five star kid out of yep. Florida, right? Came in and um, again was was kind of not much of an offensive option, just an athletic player as a freshman. Put his name in the draft hopper. Went through the evaluation process, and you know they said you got to get more physical. You got to work on your your jump shot and uh, become a better all around player. And last night, at least in the in the orange white scrimmage, ten points, Rod, six rebounds, blocked three shots. We know he can jump out of the gym. So. Keep an eye on Dylan Mitchell. We know Max Asmus has come in from Oral Roberts. He's preseason All Big Twelve. Tyrese Hunter has gotten some medication for his cramping issue that was he was battling last year. Oh, yeah. So you feel like Tyrese in his third year in college basketball can could could be a big uh, big time player for them. Uh, we got you know Brock Brock Cunningham is back. 
Um, they've got the other guys who have been added. But the, the big question is going to be the bigs, the, the rim protectors, and the, the guys down low. And last night before the game, Rodney Terry provided an update on Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick. Now, Dylan, of course, local product from Pflugerville. He was so good last year down the stretch and into the tournament, then got hurt, hurt his foot, right? And he's still been hampered by that nagging foot injury that he suffered last March. And uh, according to, to uh, Coach Terry, uh, with both Caden Shedrick, who's the Virginia transfer, big 6'10", you know, guy who can defend the rim on one end but also wants to improve his offensive game here at Texas, he's the Virginia transfer. He's dealing with the effects of a shoulder injury. And uh, Roddy Terry said for both players, we're playing the long game for those guys. Uh, those guys are a big part of our season. We have a chance to be really, really good with those guys out there. We're going to be good already, but we'll be a lot better if we have both of those guys in the lineup. Uh, he said Caden is progressing really well right now. If everything continues on the trend, he's heading uh, to have a chance to play here really soon. As far as DeSue, they're kind of, he says if he's back by December, even in the conference play, they'll be good with uh, Dylan DeSue. They're not going to rush him back. Yeah, no need so, for that. So keep an eye on that. Those two guys, I mean, this is a pretty high ceiling basketball team if everybody's healthy. Because their backcourt is a good mix of dynamic veterans with some youth uh, and some transfers. The front line is anchored by Caden Shedrick, Dylan DeSue, and Dylan Mitchell. With nice, you know, they got the uh, the kid that, that that transferred in from uh, uh, UTEP. Rod Zarek Onyema, he's an active big down low. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock know, Cunningham. Brock Cunningham is still there. <laughs> I mean, still there. Still playing. A still tri- playing. Triple OG. So uh, it's it's a pretty dang good good looking team if they can get those two guys healthy. So keep an eye on that. I the way just reading through Rodney Terry's lines, I would you know, Caden Shedrick seems like he's he's sooner and a big man with a foot injury. Rod, you don't want to mess around with that, yeah, right? Yeah, you don't. You know how that do that goes. Yeah, you and if you that. and and their early season schedule is navigatable, if that's a word, uh, to get you to, you need you need Dylan to, Dylan to sue for conference play where you're dealing with. Kansas and Houston and Baylor and all these these hey, Big Twelve loaded the Big Twelve is a basketball conference. Are we talking about being a, being a down football conference right now. It is. It's going to be a uh, an elite basketball conference. Don't well, we only play Kansas once this year? That's right. At that Kansas, they don't make a trip here. That's beautiful. No, no trip but here. Houston twice. Houston twice, home and away for the for the Cougs. Mm. But uh, as for the football side of the Cougs, it's uh, coming up Saturday. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, uh, let's get into some uh, Texas uh, U of H discussion. Uh, we talked about the defense and how bad that defense is. I, like I said, I, I don't know what the defensive game plan is going to be for for U of H. I'm just trying to figure out how they believe they best match up. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best offense in the Big 12, along with Oklahoma's offense, because it's legit, uh, versus the worst defense in the Big 12. Um, so I don't know how they're going to match up against Texas' uh, Texas's offense. That's going to be tough. But their offense, it does concern me a little bit. I said this yesterday. I think you're going to end up e- either with a blowout or a shootout, and Longhorn fans are hoping it's <laughs> you know, a blowout. Uh, and not a shootout. U of H is hoping it's a shootout. That's their best chance to win. And I I think the game plan offensively for U of H could be pretty simple. I think they might end up trying to single white female, basically Oklahoma's game plan against Texas, <laughs> trying to copy as much of it as they can. Because uh, I saw this. Um, oh, you, looked, went, you went single white female reference. Oh, obscure reference. Creepy movie, movie reference. from the, what, 90s? Uh, yeah. 
Are we talking about late eighties? Maybe. I mean, that was I think that single was white was a long. Movie, it was man. it was a creep. It was a good movie though, good concept. But now, yeah, I mean, ninety two. With ninety two, yeah, you're right. Ninety two, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, single white. Basically, and you know what? I'm not gonna spoil it for you. Just Google it, all right, <laughs> and then you'll get the reference. But they're gonna try to copy. One lady oh, had a stalker who was trying to be like her. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yes. Yes, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. She was the stalker that tried to be like her, and she cut her hair famously short, and then uh, basically looked just like her. And then did she bang her man? She banged her man. Like thought he got he had it mixed up in the middle of the night. Yeah, he thought it, right. And then he thought he thought it was his woman, and then she looked just like his woman. He came in, and then he banged it out, and then like in the middle of it, he sees like oh, that ain't, oh, oh, and he's like oh. kind of a young guy at the time. I was in he's college, like, mm. and I was thinking, man, these women are crazy. He's like, did you? Is that women are? How you didn't know that? Come on, man. How? You ain't know? Could you really get mixed up? If it's a twin. Yes, it's not a twin. It was just a friend. Come on, hey, come on, hey, E. Hey, it can happen. It is, no, it can, that's no way that could happen. Hey, dude, you would know. You would know. All right, you'd know. Anyway, but again, aside from that. Plausible deniability, Rod. <laughs> he just got mixed up. It's like she smells different. Everything about her is different. The mannerisms. The t- anyway, all right. Um, her technique. All right, anyway, you know what? Uh, moving on. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think you're basically going to try to copy Damn near everything that Oklahoma does. I'm not saying they're gonna make it executed at the highest high level that Oklahoma did. Um, so I'm not trying to freak you out there. But look at plays per minute. So one of the big things that Oklahoma did to throw Texas off, and Texas, I'm um, Texas expected it. I just don't think Texas um, basically had faced a pass first up tempo offense to with a with a true uh, elite level starting quarterback in that system um they hadn't faced that yet and i think it was a it was shocking right it's kind of a shell shock factor uh to playing that up tempo offense of the veer and shoot um o- ou is 15th in the country in plays per minute all right um u of h is 35th so they're not as you know not as up tempo as oklahoma but something tells me that they will increase that versus Texas, considering what they just witnessed and what they saw on film versus uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I guarantee they will. And, and then maybe not the entire game, but situationally. All right, situationally, they'll do that. And I think with Donovan Smith, he's going to be key too, E, because I think Donovan Smith, in terms of them copying what Oklahoma did, the quarterback run game was key. I mean, it was probably the biggest tendency breaker for Oklahoma in that game that give, gave them the win. Dunder Smith can can run. Texas fans know this. I mean, his fourth most rush attempts in his career were versus Texas when he was playing for Texas Tech. And remember, they used some quarterback power running game with some of those short yardage fourth down conversions as well. Um, he right now is on a little bit of a hot streak. He's found his groove in his offense. Now, remember, he's been playing in the air raid offense you know, since his time at Tech, since he's been a college player, he's been playing in the same offense. He's he's completed over seven, at least seventy three percent of his passes in his last three games, at least seventy three percent. Now I know they haven't played a defense as good as Texas, um, but he's completing against uh, West Virginia was seventy seven point eight percent, seventy three percent, and seventy seven percent. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions in the last three games. Well, uh, and he's rushed for one hundred eighteen yards, over a little over four and a half yards per carry. He, he's he's finding his groove. He's settling in pretty well. Um, Texas has got to find a way to, to speed up his internal clock, uh, confuse him, discombobulate him, force him into making some mistakes and looking like old Donovan Smith. But right now he's playing arguably his best football that he's played as a college player. He's playing um, really well. 
And you know, look, Dan Holgerson has always had a pretty dynamic offense, and he's a big kid. We saw in Texas saw him yes. last year. You know, he's six four and six five. He's two hundred forty pounds. Uh, he's he's more athletic than you think. Um, you know, but the game before they won the Hail Mary game with West Virginia, they they played at Texas Tech, played in Lubbock, so it was the return engagement for him. And they lost that game forty nine twenty eight. He played a really good first half. Uh, but then in the second half, Texas Tech took over and, and dominated. They, you know, U of H didn't score in the second half. Um, they had a big punt block and a kickoff return in that game. But um, it, you know that that score that I, that they had at Lovett kind of reminds me of what I, I'm thinking in this game, Rod, like 49 to 28 kind of game, right? I mean, Houston might score 24, 28 points because their offense and Donovan Smith and those receivers you've talked about. But with the worst defense in the Big 12, how are they going to deal with? Quinn Ewers, Jonathan yeah. Brooks, and this Texas offense. I, I said, that's how I started. I was like, I don't know how they <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if they can but, but come up does, with anything game plan wise. Well, it will for Coach Sark and the staff, I think, kind of give because they will try to copy a lot of what Oklahoma did and was successful at against Texas. And that's a good 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 test. Okay, how, how much better do we get? Did, we did, worked on yeah. these things in our bye week. How did much you better solve are the problems? we? Yep, yeah. did you solve did you solve the problems? I agree with you. And that's like I say, I think Texas will be presented with basically the same but basically the same problems and the same issues that they faced versus Oklahoma. They had a bye week, like you said, to fix it. I think they addressed them, um, and we'll see if uh, U of H is able to expose some of those issues. Also, you brought the wide receivers. The wide receivers are pretty good. Where you're talking about Sam Brown, who's leading the Big 12 in receiving. Um, Stefan Johnson Jr., I believe is his name. He's also another really good player. Man Jack is he's a fit. He's probably their best all around receiver. Um, if you look at that, just best all around uh, Joseph guys. Man Jack. And yeah, he Joseph. He's a great name too. <laughs> yeah. All Ma- name team. And Matthew Golden is probably the one receiver that if Sarkat and Sarkat hand pick a receiver out of that group he would pick Matthew Golden that I mean, he, yeah, that's a, that's the Sarky guy that's you know Sark's got a type at receiver the slender slight uh build at receiver who's just a speed demon that's Sark's guy that would be him he can go he can run he can run run yeah. uh, and they're, they're they're actually good their return game is actually pretty good too they already got two kickoff return touchdowns on the season um and I believe uh, Matthew Golden's got one of those so they are they they're dynamic in certain positions, and I think they could threaten Texas with with certain concepts. And like I said, in copying and replicating uh, some of the Oklahoma game plan, but not to the elite level. And yes, uh, that's only one phase of the game. I don't know what they're going to do on defense. They are one and, of the worst defenses in the country. And lines of scrimmage should be an advantage, Texas, in a big yes. way in this game. All right, there's uh, Rod behind the burnt orange curtain, little Texas hoops, little Texas football. We'll come back with our What the Facts segment. The uh, What the Facts? Just the facts from this uh, Wednesday morning, Over the Hump Wednesday. More on the Astros and uh, Rangers as well. Game three tonight in Arlington. We'll preview. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. What the facts time on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Yeah, the facts from around the sports world and maybe some other spots. And um, headline out of baseball last night comes from Philadelphia where the Phillies bash the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing. Kyle Schwarber hit two more home runs. Phillies have 14 home runs in their last four games. That's the most in a four-game span, Rod, in, in MLB postseason history. That is a fact. Never been done before. They've out, they scored 10 or more runs in multiple games in a single postseason for the second time in their franchise's history. And Kyle Schwarber now has 18 career home runs in the postseason, tying in with Reggie Jackson for the most by a left-handed hitter in the MLB's postseason history. 
Phillies have out-homered their opponents by 15 home runs so far in the postseason. Best home run differential for a team in any eight-game span within a single postseason. And they've out-homered their opponents by 37 home runs in the playoffs at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, That is the best home run differential in the postseason for any team in any park. They are just bombing away. (laughs) Uh, Chicks dig the long ball. But Chicks so do I. dig the long ball. Uh, also, here, here you go. One more factoid about the uh, the Phillies and how dominant they've been. Also, this is Rangers related to the Phillies have only trailed at the end of only two full innings this postseason. Um, that is the fewest through the first eight games of a postseason. Um, the Rangers have only trailed at the end of one full inning through their first seven postseason games, entering uh, game three, and that can uh, set or tie that mark, and they can join the list. So, yeah, you're talking about two dominant runs right now uh, on both sides of the bracket. All right. Uh, Also, uh, Rod B., on a bullisher, we'll get to the bullisher BS next hour, but on our Just the Facts. Just the Facts. how about this? The Astros Rangers game one drew more than over seven million viewers, seven point two million viewers across the Fox Fox's platforms, the largest ALCS game audience since two thousand and ten. So it's been thirteen years. Looks like the uh, nation is into this Astros Rangers Lone Star series. Oh, they like petty. They like petty and they like Rivalry. rivalries. Yes, competitive hatred, man. It's good. It's good for the competitive sport. hatred, and mm-hmm. uh, they'll go at it again tonight. See if the Astros can make a series of it. If they could win this tonight against Max Scherzer, bounce right back into this thing with two more in Arlington. But obviously, the Rangers win tonight. Stranglehold is on uh, in that situation. Uh, all right, Rod, it's official now. This is a fact. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's contract extension has been signed. Mm. According to uh, reports, it's set to run through 2027. Roger Goodell's career earnings will now exceed in and around with $700 million, guiding the NFL. And oh, the yeah. He'll be, a, he'll be a billionaire by the time he's done with, you know, with his employment as the commissioner of the NFL. If he's been smart with his money, he already is. Seven hundred million. Yeah, if he's smart with his money already, but yeah, I mean he he will be, no question. I mean, that's no doubt about that. I'm talking about that's a lot of straight cash, homie. That's a lot of straight cash, homie. Lots of it. Lots yeah. of straight cash, mm-hmm. homie. Uh do you have another I got fact? A fact for, Give it to um, me. How about uh, most snaps from rookie non quarterbacks in the NFL? Texans, second most snaps from rookie non quarterbacks. A lot of young bucks playing. Uh, for the Texans. And we know, of course, their franchise quarterback uh, is a rookie, too, and their franchise piece on defense is a rookie. Uh, the Rams, actually, are the only team with more snaps from rookie non-quarterbacks. They got yeah. 1,453, Texans with 1,415. So and the Texans yeah. are making, you know, they're, they're exceeding expectations, and they're doing it with a lot of youth. A lot of youth. and you know, Even the playing, coaching youth. I know he's playing pretty well for Houston is uh, their, their rookie center, Jarrett Patterson, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Remember, they, they drafted Juice Scruggs in the second round out of Penn State to kind of be their, their center of the future, and he's hurt. Uh, but they also drafted a center in the fifth round, and he's playing and playing pretty well in uh, the yep. Notre Dame center. now. That was smart to draft, too. They were. Well, yeah, that was a smart move, man. And Juice will be back, Juice Scruggs out of Penn State. Uh, but, Rod, the uh, the Texans are doing it because they're, they're rebuilding, right, and they're building around youth. Do, uh, Rams are doing it because they got a bunch of you know highly bad paid con- contracts, yeah, bad contracts, and they need cheap labor. No, yeah. but Coach Sean is coaching his butt off. He sure is. <laughs> and and I, Matt Stafford's playing well. Well, and D'Amico Ryan's is showing he can coach. I think that that Houston yeah. team, if you watch them play, they're fundamentally sound. Um, they they play with a great energy. They tackle really well. Uh, they're not there yet, but boy, they're three and three. 
Thursday mm-hmm. team. And a schedule, if you look at Houston's schedule, that is pretty manageable. You know, they could be a 500 football team this year, Rod, if they if they keep C.J. Stroud healthy and, and can get healthier and healthier on the offensive line. If the, Okay, here's a list of teams. There's not too many teams that are going to be playoff teams on this snaps from rookie non-quarterbacks list. So Rams number one, Texans, Cardinals after that, Bears after that, then the Packers, then the Seahawks and the Patriots. One of these things is not like the other, and it's the Seahawks. They've been drafting so damn well. And they're good. Right, and they're, and they're good. See, they got a chance to actually make – none of these teams are playoff teams, right? Unless Seahawks, maybe. Seahawks are the only team that's a playoff team. It looks like it, kind of. Can I play this for you, Rod? Give what it to the, me. What the facts? What the facts. All right, it's a fact. And we this whole Taylor Swift situation with Travis Kelsey, apparently Travis Kelsey is a hunk. Like, he's a dude. He's can, a, I, well, can, yeah. I, can I play the one and only Aaron Andrews? This I'll is, give it to This him. is Aaron Andrews. On her, you know, female impression of, of Travis uh, Kelsey and why maybe Taylor Swift is really into him. Well, I don't know her, but I pretend. No, but you know to, right? him, and yeah. I know him. And so, prime example, did a sit down with him last year yeah. during before a game. He walks in. And he's a character. Yeah. He just lights up the room. Yeah. David Ortiz works with us on Fox, and he's the same way. Big Poppy, just big. Yeah. yeah. It's like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention. In a good way. In a great right. way. Okay. Another thing about him. Yeah. Guys and girls love this because I have a story about him with my crew. I sat down with him. He smells like a dream. He'll okay. say it's oh, Louis it baby. Like Hugged him to say goodbye. Yeah. Then went to a crew meeting with a bunch of guys, and they're like, how'd the interview with Kelsey go? This is last year. I'm like, come smell me. Guys were like. Wow. <laughs> he's great. So he's one of those guys. See? Smells, smells like, a, like dream. a dream. Damn, what kind of cologne does he wear where it smells like a dream? Smells like a dream, Rod. Man, Kelsey cologne. Maybe it's all natural. Yeah. Don't doubt the ability of Kelsey. Smells like a dream. <laughs> smells like a dream. That you want a woman to say that about you, that you smell like a dream. That's nice. That is nice. All right, that wraps up hour one. We got four to go on a Wednesday. Getting you up over the hump. Rod will get you a rant coming up. Also more on the Astros and Rangers. Game three.